Hi, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about graduated driver licensing. Now, anybody who got a license a few years ago, got a learner's permit, uh, did a road test, and then you had a full license. It's changed now and there are different levels of licensing. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're talking only about the license that applies to cars and small trucks, uh, not motorcycles or transport trucks or anything else. We're going to talk about what is graduated driver licensing and why do we have it? To begin with, teens are high risk and we have way more information now than we did years ago. And there are a lot of reasons that they are particularly high risk and overrepresented in crash data. One reason is that their brains are immature. The um, human brain doesn't mature until about age 25. Before that, the part of the brain that makes them very impulsive and toward risky behavior is very activated. And the part that says, hey, wait a second, let's think this through, is not mature yet. They also lack experience. If they're just beginning to drive, they really don't have much experience. And, and that's what helps with good decision making. In addition, today's youth... Um, they communicate digitally. It's You never see them without their cell phones. That's how they stay connected and they have a real need to stay connected. So that becomes an issue. They are also really influenced by those friends and everybody wants to fit in. That helps them be swayed by what other teens are doing. In addition, as we talked about uh, previously during the podcast, is teens are afraid of either angering or disappointing their parents. And if they're doing something they shouldn't be doing, they don't want their parents to know. And that's something we need to overcome if we really want to keep them safe. Most teens in Ontario do not take driver education courses. According to MTO data from 2019, 62% of new drivers did not take a driver education course. Even if they do take a, a driver education course, and it's a good one, there are only 20 hours in the classroom. So it sounds like a lot of time, but it really isn't enough time to cover everything there is to know about driving. And teens tend to overestimate their skill and underestimate the severity of what could go wrong. So all of those things combine to make teens very high risk. Graduated driver licensing is intended to help them become, get some practice at a level um, before additional complexities are introduced. So in Ontario, we call it the graduated licensing system, GLS. Most everywhere else, they call it graduated driver licensing. And the purpose, as I mentioned, is to allow new drivers to gain experience before additional difficulties are added. So G1 is our first entry level license. And to get that, you have to pass a written test. G2 is the provisional license. Um, you're allowed to drive on your own. I'll talk a little bit more about each of these as we go through. But uh, there are some restrictions about when and where you can drive. And then a full license. Um, which So there are two road tests and uh, one at the end of the G1 to get the G2, one at the end of the G2 to get a full G license, and then you can drive anywhere. So talking a little bit about the G1, which is also called a learner's permit or an entry-level license. In Ontario, the age requirement is 16 years, and it's a multiple-choice written test. There is a vision requirement. There is some documentation you must bring with you and you have to pay a fee. 
Uh, if you pass the test, you get that G1 license. So you can go to Drive Test. We'll put up the web address there or the MTO to get more information about the specifics of each of those items. There are five main contributors to crashes. One is speed and aggressive driving. The second one is distractions. The third is the impairment. The fourth is no seat belts. And the fifth one I've added, which is nighttime. And I'll talk about that. But the first four, the OPP calls the big four. These are things that all police services really hone in on and watch for because they are the biggest contributors to crashes. And of course, that affects teens. The first one was speed. And there are a bunch of reasons why speed is so deadly, and they really don't have to do with the ticket. The ticket is only there to encourage people to do the right thing. The first reason why speed is so deadly is because a crash at 100 kilometers an hour is very different than a crash at 50 kilometers an hour. The damage goes up exponentially at higher speeds. Intersections are high risk with speeders because cross traffic can't see the cars coming at them because the speeders come up too fast. And that's one of the reasons that intersections can be so dangerous. Highway speeders, if you've ever been driving along the 401 and somebody comes up behind you at 150, 160 kilometers an hour, they come up so fast that if you were in the middle of a lane change, you'd really be in trouble. You can't see them fast enough to be able to get out of their way. Speeding also leads to last second decisions. I mean, if you're going on uh, along again and there's your exit, that's when a car flies from the, the center lane off to the, to the off ramp and often with tragic results. In addition, the faster you're going, the more um, space you need to stop. So at higher speeds, it takes you a lot longer to stop than at lower speeds. And then aggressive driving. Um, if you are driving aggressively, you don't allow enough space to stop. You may be tailgating or um, really coming up too close to people and aggressive driving can lead to road rage. So that's why this is so deadly. Speed and aggressive driving are absolutely deadly. We'll come back to that in a second, but that's one of the things that G1 license is intended to uh, counteract. Then distractions was number two. And there are a lot of really um, dangerous distractions. Distractions can take your eyes off the road, they can take your hands off the wheel, and your mind off the task. So one of the biggest distractions, especially for teens, is friends in the car. And graduated driver licensing affects that too, or addresses that too. Cell phones, communicating with cell phones, talking, texting, it's illegal for all drivers in Ontario, any handheld devices. Social media and content creation is illegal everywhere. And as I go through these things, the other thing to keep in mind, I'm talking about the rules in Ontario, but parents, regardless of what the rules are where you are, you need to make your own rules. Um, if something isn't illegal where you are or there's not a rule against it, um, make your own rules because it's ultimately your responsibility to keep your family safe. Eating and drinking can be really dangerous and can be illegal under some circumstances, depending on how the driver is driving. Smoking is just downright stupid and dangerous. GPS interactions, if they're handheld devices, that can be illegal. Uh, personal grooming, music and dancing, all things sound like fun, but can be very dangerous and can be illegal, again, depending on how the driver's driving. And 
The one that we never address are high emotions and wandering mind um, that kind of you're off in la-la land and sail through a red light um, or very angry and tend to uh, hit the accelerator uh, harder than you think. And and that can lead to speeding. So um, those are ones we don't talk about. And these are all things that I think parents should talk to their youth about. The next of the deadly um, the, the OPP's top big four is impairment. And we go right to impairment by alcohol, which of course is important, but also drugs, including cannabis, which is legal in Ontario, but still very dangerous for drivers and lack of sleep. Lack of sleep is um, drowsy driving is very dangerous and young people tend to have long days and their body clocks make it harder for them to fall asleep before say 11 p.m. They have to be up early in the morning. They don't get enough sleep. Teens mostly get don't drink and drive and but they don't realize how long alcohol stays in their system. They may not be safe to drive the next morning. And when they make mistakes, they're fearful of telling their parents, calling their parents for a ride, unless you have those conversations with them beforehand. And no seatbelts. No seatbelts. Not wearing a seatbelt is the main thing that separates a crash from a deadly crash. Seatbelts are designed to keep drivers and passengers in the passenger compartment where they are protected. Without a seatbelt and a properly worn seatbelt, occupants can be ejected, they can be injured by the airbag, or they can violently smash into other people in the car. So that and and hurt or even kill them. So everybody needs to wear a seatbelt properly every time. Teens want their friends around. Um, They don't want to say no when a friend wants to come along. So they think it's about the ticket. And often they will have people ride on the floor, ride in the trunk. They think it's about hiding from the cops so they don't get a ticket. But really, those are very poor decisions and could be, in fact, deadly decisions. Everybody needs to wear a seatbelt and they need to wear them every time. And another thing that a lot of people don't know, just to add here, is that people must be at least 10 inches away from that seatbelt or it can be da- or the airbag, or it can be dangerous. 10 inches between uh, the passenger and the front dash because the airbag is there and the driver and the steering wheel. So how do G1 entry-level licensing rules address those things that are so dangerous? Well, the first rule for a G1 driver is they cannot drive alone. They must be accompanied by a fully licensed driver who has at least four years of driving experience. Now, two could have been at the G2 level, but two, at least two must be at the full G level. And you can tell by looking at the license, there are four dots on it. And we'll show an example of that. Um, They must have a blood alcohol level of less than 0.05, which is basically saying not more than one drink. And if the person is un, is 21 or under, under 22 years of age, their blood alcohol level must be zero. Now we're talking about the, the accompanying driver. The G1 driver must absolutely have um, zero alcohol. The accompanying driver must be the only other person in the front seat of the car. And if they're driving with a certified driving instructor in Ontario, they can drive on any road. But otherwise, there's a restriction. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. And in most cases, learners keep their G1 license for 12 months. So those are the basic rules. 
So how do the G1 rules address the five dangers I talked about? First, speed and aggressive. G1 drivers cannot drive on 400 series highways. So that's the 401, the 427, any of those 400 series roads or highway ex- uh, high speed expressways like the 401, the QEW, uh, the Gardner. And that is unless they're with a certified driving instructor. So if you are the parent coach or the friend coach, you cannot take them on those high speed roads. That is against the law. As far as distractions, distracted driving is illegal for all drivers in Ontario and impairment. G1 drivers must maintain a zero blood alcohol level and must be free of impairing drugs. Seatbelts. The G1 driver must make sure that every person in the vehicle wears a seatbelt and it's working and it's worn properly. And there's a night restriction. And that's because at night, everything looks different. Um, It's harder to drive using your headlights. It's harder to see. Um, There are animals on the road. There are all kinds of reasons, especially at high speed. So nighttime, G1 drivers are not allowed to drive between midnight and 5 a.m. And it's up to parents to make sure these rules are enforced. If you think that the cops are out there all day and all night to catch your teen, we just don't have enough cops to ever do that. This really must be done by parents. And quite frankly, you have the most to lose. So this is part of your job to ensure that you know the rules and understand why the rules are there, and then you enforce them. So at the end of the G1 period, which is in most cases a year, and there are some changes to that, you know, if you take driving instruction, that kind of stuff, and look those rules up, I, it, we can't go through everything here. G2 drivers, once you, you pass that first road test, um, you can now drive without an experienced driver. But here's the thing. We talk about speed, And speed is very dangerous. High speeds are very, very dangerous. G2 drivers can now drive on any roads. So if they didn't take driving instruction to begin with, and 62% do not, they have not experienced driving on a high-speed highway um, with a coach. Now they can do it by themselves. So they can actually get in a car and head out to the 401 and drive at 100 kilometers an hour with merging, changing lanes when they've had absolutely no experience. That is incredibly dangerous. And I would urge any parents who have a, a teen who got their G2 to get back in the car And now you can take them out on those highways and teach them how to merge properly and teach them how to change lanes and teach them what it's like driving when there are moving vehicles on both sides of you. And that's when you really start talking about, if you haven't already, sharing the road with big trucks and what HOV lanes are about and all those kinds of things because they don't have any experience there. So the second item was distractions. Passengers are absolutely the biggest distraction. At G2, this intermediate license, teens can carry as many passengers as there are working seatbelts, except at night. And that's where you get into the the play of nighttime and the passengers. And so there is a restriction there. This is also where it gets a little bit complicated. Between the hours of midnight and 5 a.m., G2 drivers age 19 and under for the first six months 
of receiving their G2 license are allowed to carry only one passenger age 19 and under. Okay, so I'm going to repeat that because this is where it, I mean, it's far too complicated in my opinion. And I think parents should uh, simplify it for themselves. The passenger restriction for G2 licensees is only between the hours of midnight and 5 a.m., only to drivers under 19 years of age for the first six months. If I were writing the law, I would extend it for the whole. Uh, time they have their G2 license. But that's not how the law goes. And so it's up to parents to decide what rules they wanted to um, enforce there. But at that time, they're only allowed one passenger under 19. And keeping in mind, we could be talking high speed, we're talking nighttime now where everything looks different, and we're talking um, a great deal of um, distraction from other passengers. So parents make your own rules. And then after six months with the G2 and until they obtain their full G, they're allowed to carry up to three passengers who are age 19 or under. Now there are some differences if they're family members and those kinds of things, but those are the general rules. And impairment. G2 drivers must maintain a zero blood alcohol level and must be free of impairing drugs. Seatbelts, they must make sure that everybody is uh, in the car is wearing a proper um, seatbelt and a working seatbelt and wearing it properly. And so th that's why we have graduated driver licensing. Those are the rules in Ontario. You can certainly find them on the MTO website um, in even a little bit more depth. But those are the basic rules. And that's why we have them. So that teens can get that experience at that G2 level driving with some restrictions. Then when they're ready to uh, get their full license and take that second road test, they can go and get their full G license. But um, it's really up to parents to make family rules. And it, I would suggest that you consider other things, especially when they get to that G2 level and they're driving alone. For example, I mean, what will your rules be about lending the car? Will your team be allowed to lend the car to other people? Uh, would your insurance cover it? Perhaps not. If they were involved in a crash, what would that mean? What would your liabilities be? Um, would your team be sure that that other person is licensed? Lots of things to consider there. And I would suggest that you have a firm rule about no sharing the vehicle. And when you put together these rules, you can put them together in a contract. So make sure everybody understands what the rules are and what the penalties will be for breaking the rules. And of course, the penalties have to be related. So it means losing the keys to the car and you must be willing to enforce them. There are examples of what a teen driving contract might look like on our website. And you can take a look at that for some ideas and make any changes that you feel comfortable with. As far as drugs in the car, anything like weapons. What if somebody got in the car with a gun or with a knife? I mean, you, you think, my God, my family would never do that, but you just don't know. And better to protect them with the rule beforehand. So there's a very clear answer if somebody goes to get in the car with something that your family has prohibited. Sorry, you can't get in the car because if we get caught, I lose my, my privilege of driving. I lose the keys to the car. So I would suggest that parents drill down a bit, but graduated driver licensing is a very good thing. Enforce it 
um, extend the rules yourself and make sure that your teen at each level gets appropriate um, practice with you and hopefully starting with a, dri a good driving school so that by the time they go to do that first uh, road test and where when they pass, they'll be driving alone, you're comfortable that they will be um, safe on the road and making good decisions. So basically, that's the ins and outs of graduated driver licensing. And uh, in the next segment, we'll take some questions and we'll have some um, authorities here to answer those questions for you. Thanks very much for listening. I hope you uh, enjoyed what you heard. I hope you share it with other people. Please uh, give us a like for the content and follow for additional content. Also, if there are topics you'd like to see or questions you have about graduated driver licensing, please add them and we'll follow up next time. Thank you. Thank you.